there's there's one of those mentalities I've I've heard recently where if you want to book a meeting, you better have an agenda. You better have uh, the homework done. You better have the materials for the meeting sent to the meeting attendees beforehand so that they can be ready to go. And there's no time wasted because if you're going to be using the time of X many people in this meeting, that's a lot of cash. That's a lot of productivity lost. Hello and welcome to the PyBytes podcast, where we talk about Python, career, and mindset. We're your hosts. I'm Julian Sequeira. And I am Bob Beldebos. If you're looking to improve your Python, your career, and learn the mindset for success, this is the podcast for you. Let's get started. All right, welcome to another episode. I am Julian, and I'm here with Bob. What's happening, man? What's up, Julian? Good to be back. Another episode. Let's do this. Feels feels like it's been too long. Yeah, well, it was last week, right? How's your week going so far? <laughs> yeah, it's been a great start to the week. Uh, as you obviously know, and I'll share this with everyone, uh, we launched the six key ingredients to be a successful Pythonista. It was weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of love and effort, blood, sweat, and tears, literally blood and tears in that in that little training course. But it's, um, yeah, it's this six-day training that you can go to and it's going to teach you the six tips that we have to be a successful Pythonista, the top six things that we know you have to master, that you have to really get down. And, uh, yeah, it was exciting. Exciting, man. How do you feel? That's super exciting. Yeah, and the cool thing is it's covering both Python and software as well as mindset. But, yeah, you can go check it out on uh, buildpythonapps.com. Mm. And I know everyone's probably thinking, oh, look at these guys scratching their own itch here, talking about their stuff. But, you know, we're super proud of it. This took a lot of effort. You know, after hours, kids went to bed, just sitting here recording, writing, uh, coding. It was just, it, it was, felt good. It felt really good, man, to be in this sprint. I, I really enjoyed it because oh, I just felt like we were really giving something back. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like the old days. Yeah, like no, yes. we totally should spruik this on the show. I mean, we don't have promo segments. <laughs> we could have an ad. We could make this the ad. So, no, I'm not going to do that. Mm. Anyway, so we it wouldn't was, do it, it if it week. didn't have, if we didn't think it would have a lot of value. So go check it out. Yeah. You, you will definitely, definitely go check something. it out. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, with that said, there's a, there's a couple of other things that happened this week that got me thinking. And I, I know we had a schedule for what we wanted to talk about on the podcast, but this one really irked me and it made, I guess it brought up a lot of memories from previous jobs, you know, the companies you and I have worked at over the years, over the many years we've been in the corporate world. And it really made me think there is this culture that I want to talk about, this culture of not really being in control of your day. And the reason this spoke to me is because you and I, we just did like a whole productivity course. We spoke on a previous episode about what was what was your favorite quote let's see if you don't plan out your day yourself somebody inevitably will do it for you that one yeah Uh, that one one of my favorite quotes right and i don't even know who said it this is called the bob quote whatever but probably benjamin franklin one (laughs) (laughs) yeah of all people um but yeah the 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 thing is about that is that seeing it in action is is one thing. Seeing it in action almost as a culture 
is another thing. So it's it's one thing, everyone listening, I really want to dive into this just a little bit in this episode, but I really want to dive into it for everyone's benefits so that they can catch it because so many of the companies that exist right now tend to have this mentality, this mindset around the calendar. And it's apparently normal to have your calendar open and allow people to just fill up a slot on your calendar. Have you ever experienced anything like that? I kind of remember with the shared calendar and people just taking up slots, but I know that's a reality and that's that's pretty, uh, yeah, that's kind of a recipe for disaster. If somebody can just come in and plan out any segment of your day, right? Mm. And, and as we, we talk about and, and teach, one of the best ways to be productive is to plan your day in advance. And that means put your meetings in at the start of the day. That means blocking out the time for your own work. And if you have people coming into your calendar and throwing meetings in overnight, like that's that's insanity. That's how is anyone supposed to be productive? It's almost borderline ridiculous, right? And the thing that gets me is that there are places out there that consider this normal to the point where I've worked with people in the past that have said to me, um, put it in my calendar, you know, if you ever need anything from me, put it in my calendar. And it sounds really, I probably sound like I'm on my soapbox or high horse here, by the way, but I don't care. Um, the thing is, it sounds normal. It sounds fair. It sounds logical. But here's the thing, that person who's saying it, that means they are living their day-to-day at work through a calendar. That means they have no control over their calendar. They're literally telling random people, put something in my calendar if you want my time. And But then the thing is, now here's the limitation on that, they have an open calendar, right? That's the thing that gets me. Their calendar is completely open. So I'm going to throw to you, Bob, what is a, a an alternative solution to finding a balance here with having an open calendar but also getting stuff done? Time blocking. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of, I kind of believe that that example you gave me. Those people had the whole day open to be able to to, to be able to book something with them. Yep. Yep. Wow, that's that's amazing. So, if if an open calendar policy is there, then at least you I mean you can always block things on your own calendar. Like uh, from nine to one before lunch, uh, I'm going to not accept any meetings because I need to do my deep work. I think we are pretty deliberate about that, right? I mean, at least for me, I try to not have too many meetings in the morning because that's the best time to focus. Um, yeah. Which is kind of nice because <laughs> with most of our clients in the US, um, most meetings naturally fall in the afternoon. And that's perfect because then the morning, I know I get stuff done. And um, so, yeah, I, I do that split routine uh, of mornings, get as much deep work done in afternoons for the meeting. But of course, I'm, I'm kind of a lark. If you're a night owl, uh, that might be the other way around, right? You might want mm. to do your meetings in the morning, but you, you have to kind of have segments in the day where you not accept meetings, basically. I think that's the best. Yeah. Yeah, I know of people who have, and, and I'm sure there are people listening to this that are caught in the same loop, people who've been stuck on meetings from nine till five to the point where they then have to log in after dinner 
and continue working through the night just to catch up on the day job because they spent the whole day in meetings achieving nothing. One thing, though, what about the manager versus the engineer? Uh, like that essay from Paul Graham, makers versus manager schedule. We will link it below. But if you're a manager and it's just part of your routine, I mean, managers tend to have a lot of meetings, right? Isn't that normal? Yeah, completely normal in today's society. But, you know, as a manager, I think the best thing you can do is really set, you know, draw that line in, in the sand. And if you don't, then you're not doing your staff any, you know, any benefits. You're not doing them any favors. And that's the thing. As a manager, your job is to support your team. It doesn't, doesn't matter who you are. Uh, this is, a, I'm sure, a debatable topic. But as a manager, you will succeed if your team is successful. It's as simple as that right? And if you don't make the time for your team, so you should have meetings with your team. There's no point having seven back-to-back one-on-ones because how are you going to act on the stuff that you discovered in the first meeting, right? And then you obviously, yeah, you have operational meetings too, but you have to find that balance, what's really worth your time. Yeah. And I think meetings also sometimes are, are used as a crutch, right? Like, Mm-hmm. I'm going to schedule a meeting to get stuff done, but that's not how it works. That's I think there are some harsh quotes about that. If 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 you need a meeting to get stuff done, then basically your organization is failing or something. I will look up the exact quote, but that's true. Like you don't need hours and hours of meetings. Like yeah, <laughs> like these typical stand-ups. Those are perfect. 15 minutes and go back to work. Right. Um, that's mm-hmm. way overvalued. I think. Yeah, I think it, there's, there's one of those mentalities I've, I've heard recently where if you want to book a meeting, you better have an agenda, you better have uh, the homework done, you better have the materials for the meeting sent to the meeting attendees beforehand so that they can be ready to go and there's no time wasted because if you're going to be using the time of X many people in this meeting, that's a lot of cash. <laughs> that's a lot of productivity lost. So it, it is super important to be in control of that calendar and make sure you're being very picky about the meetings you accept. And geez, setting that expectation that you can't just dump meetings in my calendar. That is a huge deal. So uh, I love your your tip there, Bob, of throwing in time blockers to block out time for productivity. Um, but one thing I, I like to do is what we do with our calendar for people who want to talk to us regarding Python and PyBytes and everything that calendar is only for a few hours per day. It only, and it seems like a lot because it covers both of our time zones, but for each of us, it only covers a few hours of the day because we know if we open that up all day, anyone could come and book us in for a call at a random part of the day, completely ruin our flow. You know, so we can't do that. And I think it's very important for people to start shedding this mentality of just accept every meeting have an open calendar, put stuff in my calendar whenever you damn well feel like it, and let's just, you know, and that's normal because it's not. It frustrates me. What's the other thing we do talking about getting people on our calendar? Oh, yeah, that's right. We, We put in an application form. So if you want to book a call with us, not only do you you choose the time that suits us, right, that's in our acceptable meeting time frame, but... You also have to fill out a little application form to get you in the zone for the call. And that's a very similar tactic to what I was just saying. If you want to book a meeting with someone at work, make if you want their time, you make sure you prepare for that. 
you make sure their time isn't wasted. Uh, you don't want to drag. If a meeting has more than, say, three people, you're going to have problems. So, yeah, I, I love that. That That's a good point that we have that application for. Yeah, definitely. Now, meetings is one thing, but uh, another thing that's really dominant these days is Slack or these collaboration tools. And, yeah, I think it just comes down to expectations. So if you're getting messages there exists this culture of of now like to instantly respond but i often find that's that's really some a story you have in your head like the other people are not or should not expect you to do that and you should really treat it like email unless it's something urgent or it's your manager and there's a system down and you have to intervene okay sure then go attend that straight away um but 99%, it's just stuff you can look at later um, and should probably batch that up to answer later. But it's kind of, and it goes back to the calendar. We, we set those expectations that it's cool to be able to putting out fires all over the place. Well, there really are not fires, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that really is is a mentality thing. And, and we can be a bit egocentrical in that. Um, with the greater goal in mind. Because in my last software developer job, I was never kind of, if I would do that and I would go back answering a few hours later, I could, got never any problems with that. Yet I was able to report more progress on the more important uh, work, um, uh, software features, for example. And that was really what counted towards my performance, right? So I was still very helpful, but it wouldn't matter if I would help somebody later on in the same day or maybe even the next day mm. yes yeah, so it's that whole culture of now versus when right um everyone just expects now 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 and should be asking is okay when give me a priority and let's mutually decide on when this really should be available you know based on you respect my workload respect your workload and respect the time zone as well uh, and that's why slack is super dangerous right <laughs> It pops up on your phone in the middle of the night. Super tempting if you have it. I mean, I don't have it with notifications or anything anymore. Uh, but, yeah, super tempting to respond to people and then you set that expectation. So I love that you set that expectation in that previous role that, yeah, okay, Bob's not going to respond for four hours because he's working or he's not even on shift, you know. I think that's super important. If you want to go full four-hour work week, Tim Ferriss, you have an autoresponder, but I don't think we <laughs> took it that far. <laughs> just just program your job away. Have a, have a script respond for you for everything. <laughs> now, very funny is that Slack themselves, the people working there, don't have any problem with that. Do you want to share that story that we came across the other day? Yeah, yeah. And this was shared by Nir Al, right? I hope I said his name right. The... Slack at Slack, they and it's funny because they have the tool that's the most disruptive tool. But there's a slogan in the office that's something along the lines of work hard, go home, you know, and it's taboo to message people after uh, 6 p.m., something like that. But essentially, at the end of the day, the office is empty, everyone goes home, and you're supposed to respect your private time. You're not supposed to send messages after hours and expect a response. So I think it's just that's the culture of respecting our lives in an always-on you know, society. And I think that is something a lot of companies are missing because, yeah, we're all remote 
at the moment and life is different and the internet's there. It's very easy to get in touch. Look at us recording this from Spain to Australia, you know, very easy, but that doesn't mean we should lose those values. If I'm going to get a bit deep here, those values that we hold dear, you know, like spending time with our families. So I definitely love that story uh, that Nir shared. And I think it's a really important point that we work hard and then go home and leave it all there. Yep. And we, um, yeah, we gave a bunch of practical tips um, about this in the last episode. So if you come into this one, the, the previous one has some very practical advice. Yeah, this is just as voicing our concerns over what we're seeing in this trend, right? I think that's um, something that everyone needs to keep in mind. So as we wrap this up, my call for everyone who's listening to this is just please be wary. You know, we obviously care about you all and we, we'd love to hear your stories. So please, if you are in a workplace where this sort of thing is going on, you know, take some of the tips from our last episode, take some of the stuff we've talked about with time boxing and setting the expectations of your team and people around you and really get some control back into your calendar because if you don't, it leads to stress, anxiety, overwork, burnout, all sorts of you know issues that come with that. So, um, yeah, we need to nip this in the butt. Yep. If this helped you, just uh, send us a message on uh, Twitter or Slack and... Uh... And let us know. And lastly, uh, what you're reading. I love it. I actually just started a new book that I picked up from the library because we're back at libraries now. It's called Pine Gap. And I'm not going to go into it because it's a long story, but it's about a, I think it's a military, whatever, government institution or station that's in Australia, the centre of Australia. And it's run by the Australian government and the NSA. So the two spy agencies working together and the stories that have come out from there. So it's written by a bloke who worked there for 20 odd years. And uh, it's just amazing. Like it's in my backyard technically. And I had no idea. It's really cool. Awesome. I should go back to the library. You always find these niche titles. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I had, I'm like, why do I know that name Pine Gap? I remember that from my childhood. And uh, then I picked it up I'm like, Ooh, sounds like a, movie i'm gonna read this great yeah. what are you what are you reading cool yeah so i watched the last dance for the second time really invigorated my uh i said reading for basketball. what <laughs> i said reading come on i can tell you what i watched i'm no, getting I'm, I'm getting there so as i was <laughs> invigorated by the series i uh i finished phil jackson's 11 rings book um mm. you know about his coaching career super inspiring and Python-wise, I'm, I'm digging through Serious Python, um, pretty solid book. And uh, yeah, it's fun to always learn new things. Mm. Yeah. No, that's cool, man. And did you take any action from all the uh, basketball stuff? Well, yes. I uh, <laughs> I went buying a Spalding ball and went to the court with my daughter and uh, she loved it. <laughs> that's brilliant, man. I loved it. Uh, yeah, I clearly led you into that. I just, I love the photo you sent. It was great. Yeah. All right. Well, look, we hope everyone enjoyed this one. Thank you for listening. And as always, thank you for tuning in. We have um, many other episodes. If you haven't checked them out, please go back through the library. There's a lot of great content there, if I do say so myself. Bob, thank you so much for joining me and uh, sharing some wisdom. 
Yeah, thanks, Julian. Uh, this was really fun. And uh, thank you all listeners for keep listening. And uh, yeah, if you like the show, please leave us in a review. And uh, we will be back with more. We have some exciting guests coming soon. So stay mm. tuned. Cheers. We hope you enjoyed this episode. To hear more from us, go to pybyte slash friends. That is pybit.es slash friends and receive a free gift just for being a friend of the show. And to join our thriving Slack community of Python programmers, go to pybytes slash community. That's pybit.es forward slash community. We hope to see you there and catch you in the next episode.